Hi, I'm Adrian Maven. Welcome to the podcast, I'm Also, where we talk to people of multiple careers, pursuits, and interests. My guest for this episode is award-winning fashion designer and fashion educator, Donna Dinsdale. Hello, Donna. Hi, Adrian. How are you today? I'm pretty good. Awesome. I, I, I said fashion designer, but that's a bit general, isn't it? How would you... Describe myself? Describe yourself. Or describe what I do. Um, my interest really is around fashion and communication, how people dress and how they how they identify themselves. I'm really interested in um, individuality, I guess, through fashion. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Thanks, Adrian. Yeah, you like that. Probably, um, <laughs> would you say one of your best examples of that would be your recent masters, wasn't it? Or is it? Well, my master's project, yes, was about um, self-identity through cultural artefacts. So there was a lot of um, exploration around what is fashion design within that. Yes, we could say that. And it said from the from the master's, it says something old, something new, something borrowed, something true, and exploration of wedding attire through a personal bicultural sensibility. That's right. So I am. Um, I've got a huge interest in indigenous design. I am personally non-Maori, but my husband is Maori, and I'm involved in a very amazing, huge whānau who have um, wrapped their world around me. So I'm very pri- privileged that I have um, people who support me in my quest, I guess, to um, explore what bicultural designers in Aotearoa through clothing. And the Masters project was one of those projects where I looked at um, the wedding gown as a significant fashion item and how I could explore that across different cultures. Was that a difficult project? Uh, it sort of was a difficult. It was a long project. Um, as I said, I've got lots of support, but the project really involved my family um, historically and current and my husband's whānau historically and current. So there was lots of consultation and negotiation to come up with a, a final body of work that really truly represented um, my bicultural viewpoint. So it was long, it was um, exciting, it was quite difficult and challenging at times but at the end of the day what came out of it was a wonderful series of garments that I felt really represented some currency and some discussion around bicultural fashion design in New Zealand. And we'll put some pictures up on your Facebook We will, page. we will. Would you like to describe one of them? Or um, the, the gowns themselves were, the, there was um, a lot of, a range of technologies. So some of the um, artefacts, gowns and accessories were made from things that I'd been given. Some of them were from the 1800s, like doilies and napkins and all sorts of things like that. Some of the Māori designs were based off um, my husband's marae, which is Tia Marae in Tipuki, Bay of Pliny, and I was given permission to use those designs. Some of the technology used was digital print, where we took photos of the artefacts, like um, the family kōrawai, and then we made a digital print and printed it onto silk, and then I created the gown from it. So lots of different layers and levels of technology and resources were used um, to create, yeah, the contemporary wedding gowns and all their accessories. It's a big project. It was a big project. It was a big project, yes. And how do you um, 
Actually, I like those. That, what was that blanket one? I just call it the blankets. That's the one I like. Well, I like that as well. <laughs> <laughs> the blankets, the blanket. So um, I've rec- recently, probably in about the last um, 18 months, two years, I've sort of connected with the woolen blanket as a sort of a cultural symbol between cultures within um, Aotearoa. Now there's different ways of looking at the blanket through historical, um, through exchange. So there's quite a lot of controversy about how that blanket is represented, especially between Māori and non-Māori. What I've done with it is I've once again sort of consulted with my wider whānau and created some coats, some pieces that represent sort of the the history but the celebration I guess within Aotearoa so the coats were made out of I had 60 woolen blankets and the project was called um, Aroha Atu Aotearoa which means to give and receive love and I created 14 woolen coats with accessories that were sort of I guess multicultural so they were they were layered with um, reference from Māori culture, from Indian culture, from Pacific Island culture, but the foundation was the actual woolen coat. So yeah, that was a really enjoyable project because um, once again I had input from um, a lot of support people. Um, I had someone like my sister-in-law made me some pew-pew, which added to the value of the project. My nieces contributed you know, poise. Um, I had ex student, an ex student who was an Indian student who gave me a sari. So, you know, um, with all of these elements, cultural elements coming together, it really represented a strong fashion, um, I guess, bicultural viewpoint of mine that um, we are one big melting pot. And um, I always try and come from a really positive point of view because um, we've got so much to celebrate in our country and we can do that through fashion and identifying ourselves in a um, really positive and awesome way. When you're coming up with designs, do you have a, like a, what's your thought process? Or do you have to go like, go sit in a room by yourself or is it? I never get a chance to sit in a room by myself, Adrian. I've got a very full-on life. Um, I do a lot of thinking, and I do use journals, but I do the sort of the, what do we call that, the incubation process where you're thinking about it. You can have an idea for 18 months, and then, you know, you start to get it down. The technical side of the project always comes last, but... But the thinking and the pulling the resources together and understanding the context of the project and what you're trying to deliver to the audience is really important. So, yeah, that takes a bit of time, but that just happens every day, all the time, and amongst everything. And um, so you also teach it, or not also do teach it, Toyohomai. So how do you find time to get that thinking process I'm I'm really lucky because I teach fashion design and I teach in a creative area. So every day I am highly, um, what's the word, motivated and um, I see a lot of creative outputs from my students. And so what I do creatively just always sits alongside that. My practice, I fit it in before work, after work, at night, in the weekend, whenever I can. Um, if I wasn't creating, I wouldn't, I, I don't think I could function. So creating and fitting it in just as part of my life and amongst everything else. And 
what I do here in my practice, I mean what I do here as a tutor with my practice sitting alongside is really important because the students see see what I do and understand who I am and, and what I'm trying to say and I think that's really important. That's good. Thanks Adrian. You're welcome. Did you always want to be in fashion? I always wanted to be in fashion. I love fashion. My grandmother, I've on both sides, one of them was a tailor and she was one of the first tailoresses in Whanganui back in a department store in the 30s. So that was quite an unusual thing. So she um, got a full-time job when she got married. She gave up that um, position and she had a home uh, dressmaking business from home. My grandmother on my father's side was also a home dressmaker. And so for years and years, I used to see them sewing and and sort of understand why they loved it. But they also, um, historically, often there was a need to sew because, you know, finances dictated how much you could spend, etc., etc. And my mum was a sewer and I think I made my first dress when I was eight. So it was always in the blood. I've got an older sister who never took it up, so I was the one who sort of just loved it. Um, and it wasn't till recently that she just started sewing again, and she's loving it. So she said she's missed out on all of those years of of creating because she didn't pick it up. I think I had the patience. She didn't. You need patience for this kind of stuff. You do. You? you know, when something goes wrong, you either can turn it round or, you know, you just have to be quite thoughtful, yeah, and have some patience. And how did you get into the industry then? Did you, did you get a job? What I did was, well, I was I had um, a family when I was quite young, Adrian. Obviously, so I had very young. Oh, thank you. So I had my um, children <laughs> when I was in my early 20s, and I was a staunch um, play centre mum. So I'd always done a bit of home sewing, but when my kids, before they turned five and went to school, I got heavily involved in play centre, which was really cool because it's a really creative atmosphere, and I could do all sorts of creative stuff. When my youngest went to school I decided I needed to study so I came back to Bay of Plenty Polytech and got a diploma in fashion and then from there I decided that I needed to go and work in industry so I went out to local companies and just got a job in a warehouse and which led to jobs and design and things like that and then I think I was out there for about six or seven years and then I set myself a goal to come back as a tutor because I really loved that interaction when I was studying between tutor and student, and I thought I could really enjoy working with young creatives and I could pass some of my knowledge on that my mum had taught me, because I was taught by the best, which was mum. Very important. You you, you recently won um, an award, didn't you? Educational Fashion. I did, I did. What was that called? Hokanui Fashion Design Awards. So I've been very lucky been quite successful. I've been in WOW about Montana Wearable Arts about three times but that's that's quite a difficult um, competition because you need so much time to dedicate to each entry um, and as you know I don't have a lot of time. No. no. Um, and I've, I've done very well at um, Westfield Style Pacifica so I took out the Supreme there in a collaboration and won various awards there and recently um, took out the menswear section and the, I think it was called the Award of Excellence, the overall award for Hokanui with a menswear 
um, ensemble. So yeah, that was pretty unexpected, but really, really cool and exciting. So you know, when you put all these hours in, it's actually nice to see that people appreciate what you do. What's the big difference between men's wear and women's wear for designing? Well, actually, this is a big, big conversation we're having at the moment because the fashion fashion industry is sort of in a state of flux. The traditional models of men's wear and women's wear, we're sort of throwing that out the window now. There's a lot of talk about gender fluid, gender identity. Can men wear pink? I think they can, Adrian. Actually, my mum's actually brought me a pink shirt for Christmas. How cool is that? So, you know, these, these traditional models are being broken, and that's a really good thing. So, you know, um, different styles worn by both sexes, um, not even labelling yourself as fa- uh, female or male. So just being a little bit more open with identity and how you approach fashion through that. So we're seeing a lot of really um, awesome innovation coming out and a lot of people actually especially a lot of younger students coming through really being okay with expressing who they are through what they wear and you know that's awesome we live in Taranga so it's quite a small small place it's not a big metropolitan city so you've got to have a bit of guts to 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 dress a bit differently Mm. let's be honest yeah so you know, we like that. We like. I love the fact that you can express yourself through what you wear through fashion and just go crazy because that's awesome. That's cool. So is that sort of the big fashion trend at the moment? That sort of. Well, it's it's a discussion that we're having, and I think it's here to stay. Another thing that we're talking about a lot is ageless fashion because traditionally we had target markets that would produce clothes for a certain age group. We talk about now, you know, we've got people like, um, I don't know if we think of some celebs, Cher, Madonna, Lenny Kravitz, you know, these more mature people who actually are pretty out there and express themselves exactly how they want. And to be honest, they don't give a shit. And so the idea about what is appropriate has also been thrown out the window. So not everyone agrees with that. But I think, once again, that's really cool because it's a form of self-expression. It doesn't matter um, who you are or how old you are or what your cultural background is. You should be able to express yourself in in what you wear and the attitude of that clothing any way you like. What about that sort of, um, I'm not sure if waste is the right word, that sort of disposable clothing that's sort of an issue as well, isn't it? Yep. So, so the the idea of um, sustainability has been around for a long time, last mm, probably 10 years more so than anything. This year, New Zealand Fashion Week, um, it was the first time the whole Fashion Week had a sustainable push. So that was really cool because there was designers on the catwalk that truly practised how to be sustainable. In my teaching and in my practice, I'm really aware of this. So if we talk about, go back to Aroha Atu, which was the woolen coats, that was completely sustainable because those those were pre-loved woolen blankets and some of those blankets were 50, 60, 70 years old. So once again, that shows the quality and the history embedded in that. The students are really into op shopping and being sustainable now and it's just become normal. It's just what we need to do. So, you know, fast fashion, slow fashion, once again, huge debates made in China, made in New Zealand. Everyone has an opinion. And there's there's 
pros and cons. Pros made, and cons. Made in China, but made in New Zealand. Yeah, on. designed in New Zealand, designed. made in China. And, you know, made in China is absolutely fine. It can be done ethically really well. It can be sustainable. So it all depends what, I guess, the um, philosophy of your brand who your design team is and what they're trying to implement. Um, I guess, unfortunately, for us in New Zealand, it's really hard to manufacture um, locally cost-effectively, mm. depending on how many you know units you're manufacturing. So all of that comes into it. But I think it's, um, it's key, it's really important to be sustainable. What are some key New Zealand brands, then, we should be looking out for? Or maybe young brands? So we've got an ex-graduate at the moment, Olive... Holland, who's just started up MO, who's it's a um, online pre loved um, website, so you can go on there. Do you know when cracking it overseas? It must be quite hard, I guess, to get a, develop a brand. Yeah, I think what, what we are good at is um, sort of boutique businesses. Like we have a lot of quite unique small businesses in New Zealand that support each other and um, so a lot of our young designers sort of start up quite small. Some of them collab, work together, you know, because it's quite expensive to start a label up and then um, take that label and make some money out of it. Mm. So if you can work in a sort of a, a collab situation, that's really awesome. Yeah, because you've got all the marketing side of it as well, isn't it? Just the branding. That's right. That's right. But, you know, online now, um, a lot of the, the newer labels, are uh, most of it is online, and so they're finding that a little bit more cost-effective, although you'd have to get your website set up. But, Adrian, you'd know more about this than me, because I, more than me, because I'm, you know, fashion, you're, that's your area of yeah. expertise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The segues into my section of plug a product. So have you got anything coming up? events coming up? It's been a pretty full-on year with lots of exhibitions so I'm hoping in 2020 that I do another exhibition based around the woolen blanket but this time it will be menswear because the last one was uh, based on women's wear and it was the coloured check blanket so this time I'm looking at um, the grey blanket as sort of a, a form of communicating identity for um, tane or male within within our country and to see see the layers there and what I can unpack. So might be st- something in my early, size. Early, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Early stages, but yeah, just thinking, thinking, thinking. Why are sizes so different? Why are sizes? Because... Every brand and every company has their own sort of market. And so it is one of the most frustrating things because you go into that store and it's a size 12, go into the next store and it's a size 8. So um, a lot of a lot of the companies do have sort of their own thing going on and it's really hard to standardise across the industry. But as I said before, now with this more gender-fluid push or unisex as we used to call it in the old days sizing is becoming a little different and rather than you know 8 10 12 14 16 or whatever it might be small medium and large it might be one size you know so it's one of those sort of mysteries isn't it because then you head overseas and it's different again yeah 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 yeah. it annoys me (laughs) it is annoying (laughs) i'm at the end of the rack and 
Resizing. Where can people find out more about you, Donna? Well, Adrian, we're working on that, aren't we? Yeah, that's an in-joke <laughs> because Donna hasn't got a website. Ha-ha. <laughs> uh-huh. asking you to get one. Yeah, so I'm not very good at this. Adrian's been hassling me for quite some time to get myself organised. and um, We're going to put a... some photos up and some links yep. in this podcast to your work. Yeah, I've got some yes, some beautiful photos. I have a dear friend who I often work with. Her name is Anne Shirley, and she does all my photo shoots for me. And she has a amazing way of capturing the work in the right context. So I'm very fortunate. Um, the unfortunate thing is I never actually get those photos. <laughs> Isn't this right, Adrian? Um, out there. Yeah. And I, I know, I mean, I've been very um, humbled, actually, by how interested people are in what I do. I, was gonna, I thought you were going to say slack. <laughs> no, no, I'm slack that I haven't got it out there, but um, I'm always getting asked. People are, are genuinely interested in any exhibitions or work that I've done. So, yes, I should be a lot more professional and get myself organised. I'm too busy, you see. Mm, yeah. It's all the working, the teaching, the making... You know, when have I got time to organise a website, Adrian? You know? Pause, big pause, you see. This is something we've been working on. This is a five-year project, I feel. Maybe. (laughs) And finally, what are some key tips for those young people wanting to get into fashion, designing? If you what are the key skills, key skills, key skills. But you've got to be a thinker. You've got to be a problem solver. So a lot of it is about innovation. So if you want to be a young designer, if you just love making stuff and if you have a whole lot of ideas and you're always out there and you're looking at fashion and you're going into um, secondhand shops and you're online, it's really neat that you can then take that and start creating your own garments. So a lot of it is about putting your ideas into practice, although in saying that, It's also about the technical ability and the ideas behind the work. So, yeah, I would encourage any young person, any more mature person, any person really who loves making and sewing and fashion and identity, um, styling, to get into it because it's really awesome. And finally, what should I be wearing for summer? What should you, you know what, I'm not even going to go there because we have these conversations all the time, people. Actually, now he's mentioned the pink shirt. I want to see the pink shirt. Are you saving the pink shirt for Christmas Day? Yeah, my mum, she said she asked the lady in the store. Which store? I'm not sure. No. It was good. either pink or a blue, and they went with the pink. No, no, I think pink's good. Now, it's interesting because... She cause, called me to check. Did she? she and did, did you say I yes? Said, yeah, why not? Good. Why not? Why not? See, this is a fashion-forward man we've got here. Um, it's interesting because my 13-year-old grandson had to have a pink T-shirt. And so a year ago, that would have been like, no way. So pink, it must be. Must be the flavour of the month, Adrian. But I, I'm not. I'm going to say that we don't want to follow the trends. Okay. I'm going to say that we want to be who we want to be and that we want to mix it up. We want a bit of this, we want a bit of that, and we want to feel good. Don't get too caught up in trying to wear what everyone else is wearing. Be yourself. Be myself. Be proud. Be yourself. Be unique. Okay, that's what we'll go with. And on those (laughs) motivational words, I will say thank you, Donna, for your time. Thank you, Adrian. It's been a pleasure. It's taken him probably like four months to get me in here. But awesome. Enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you.
Peace.